listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to www.redwoodbaptist.org. We hope and pray the message that you're about to listen to will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. Take your Bibles. Uh, if you do have something that is pressing of a prayer request, please write it down and uh, get that to me afterwards. Uh, I have I, I got a lot of material that I want to I want to cover today, and I want to make sure that we uh, that, that we finish it uh, without running uh, too far over. Why don't you turn to Second Timothy chapter number two? Second Timothy chapter two. We've been in our series of. How to defeat sin, and we've uh, we've defined our we've defined our enemy. We have looked at how the enemy uh, attacks us, and over the last several weeks, we've been looking at uh, practical ways uh, that we can that we can slay our sin. And the first uh, the first way, and actually the most important way of of, of the practical uh, side of things, was that you and I need to understand our position. As a Christian, that you and I are fighting sin, you and I are fighting this Christian life as the victor, not the victim, and your your, your sin, uh, that flesh does remain, and we saw how uh, that even parallels with even God's people in the Old Testament, how God allowed some of those some of the those pesky, you know, kings and uh, leaders to continue to kind of perpetually fight against the children of Israel, even in the promised land, even in the place of victory on the other side of the Jordan River. And God told them the reason why he did that was so they could learn how to fight. So they can learn that God is always faithful and that God is good. And so you and I, uh, we also are in this constant fight. But you need to understand understand your position in Christ, that you are the victor in Christ, with Christ, Him and you. Uh, You and I can defeat the sin that is around us. And then we begin to talk about how we ought to weaken sinful habits and strengthen righteous behavior. So we begin to weaken that by not giving provision for the flesh, uh, but uh, strengthening uh, the righteous behavior in our life. And one of, the, one of the greatest ways you can do that is what we talked about last week was filling our minds with Scripture. If you recall, John Bunyan in the flyleaf of his Bible said this, either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And so taking in the Word of God, as the psalmist David said that, that, that he was going to uh, use the, the, the Word of God so they wouldn't sin against, uh, sin against the Lord. And so using, uh, using Scripture. I want to get to a new point here today, and it's going to take us most of, our, most of our time here. Number four. You must prepare for the battle. You must prepare for the battle. Now you understand the nature and the strategy of your enemy, but you and I need to begin to prepare for its attacks. This means that you and I begin to anticipate its ambushes. You begin to think like a soldier. You begin to train yourself for a life Long battle of sin. You're preparing yourself. And uh, all of these, uh, along these lines, there are some uh, practical steps that I want to give you to help you prepare for the battle. First off, if you're taking notes, 
You need to watch and pray. You need to watch and pray. In war, uh, failing to post guards uh, is, very, is very costly and it can often be deadly. An army needs to have a lookout. Someone that is dependable to watch for approaching danger. Even in our, uh, even in our modern society, we would have maybe more of a drone right that is going to be kind of that kind of that lookout but even in our modern even our modern warfare they'll put snipers and things that have scopes and all that to under to, to to have a lookout to be aware of what is happening in the physical uh, warfare that's going on in, in, around our world he stands watch while others eat while he remains alert when others are distracted or while others are sleeping i'll never forget uh, Brother Tomlinson, who will be here for our 45th anniversary. Uh, he was a part of a special, special group uh, in the military. And what he would do is he would go in with a small group of guys and they would go into the beyond a, a, enemy lines and they would, he said sometimes he would be like just literally like just inches and feet away from people. I mean, they're all, I mean, it's crazy what he, the stories he would tell us. And basically, it was just sheerly for intel. So they would try to get as deep as they could into enemy territory, and they would sleep. They would sleep always in like a circle, and one person would uh, have to kind of sit up and have the gun, or, 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 or have a gun ready. So they're like in the bush uh, there in, in Vietnam was the, the, the war that he fought in. And so you're in like this triple canopy, maybe quadruple canopy, I don't know, jungle, and there's enemy all around you, but, but you're sleeping, and the person that's a lot, the person that's awake would be upright, sitting up, and he would, he would have his gun ready. And then there would be a period of time when they would sleep, and then when it was next time, you would tap the next guy. And then they would get up, and they'd have their gun. He said they always knew someone fell asleep when you never got a duty, because it never got around to you. But I mean, how crazy is someone would always, for the welfare of the other soldiers that are, were in their battalion or whatever it was, someone would keep watch. Well, as a Christian, your lifestyle closely parallels uh, that of a soldier engaged in combat. Look at verse 3 of 2 Timothy 2. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Okay, so there's this, there's this soldier mentality that you and I are to live out this life. If you were to look at the previous verses, like this whole Christian life of disciple making and just living out the Christian life, you're to, you're, you're, you're to attack this life, so to speak, as a soldier would. As you're warring, you don't want to get entangled. We've been talking about sin, right? We've been talking about the things that, uh, the things that do uh, harm our Christian life. And so you are to be... You are to be watchful. Turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to uh, just try to help us here this morning. Ephesians 5. When you're watchful, it means that you walk through your life carefully. Just as a soldier is going to try to stay clear of the landmines, and they're going to try to understand where the approaching dangers are, you and I, we are to live our Christian life the same way. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, See then 
that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. So you're walking with an, with an awareness. You're walking about paying attention, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so as you're walking, as you're walking through this life, you're, you're, you're doing so circumspectly. You're doing so with a cautiousness, with an awareness. Looking at circumstances. And you're doing this in a, in a wise fashion. You don't just think, and I've already said this to you before in this study, you can't take the mentality that everything is just okay. Well, it's all, it's all just good. It's all just okay. There is a ma- massive attack on truth in our country. I'm going to allude to that a little bit at 11 o'clock today. And uh, there is really, uh, on many, many things, there's, it's either yay or nay. And you and I, we've got to walk circumspectly with this. First Peter, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be cautious, be alert, be in control. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And so not only do you have your kind of interior demon of the flesh still fighting you, you also have an outside enemy. So not only is sin your enemy, but Satan himself. He's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. And so you and I, we've got to be cautious. You can kind of go to a New Testament or an Old Testament somewhat principle of this. Remember um, Gideon? Gideon had tens of thousands of soldiers at the beginning. And then, you know, they get, they get whittled down. Hey, if you're afraid, you can go. And it's tons of them left. And then he's down to, you know, I'm, I don't know, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, you know, there's maybe like 10,000 or so, whatever left, or however many there are. And there was like a, kind of like another test when they came to the waters those that just kind of, they were, you know, they just dug, put their heads down. They were just drinking, you know, laughing like a dog, the Bible says. Eh, they weren't fit. But those that kind of kneeled down, those that were still cautious and kind of brought their water to them. Why? Because they were aware of the type of territory they were in, the enemy territory. And so you and I, as we're walking through this life, let's do so with our head up. Let's do so circumspectly, realizing that Satan hates you. He hates your family. He hates, if you're married, he hates your marriage. He hates that. He hates your kids. But you know what he hates the most? He hates the power of your testimony in Christ. He hates Jesus. And you and I, we're walking billboards, so to speak, you know, uh, you see these uh, Uber cars now. Uh, they have now those all the, like the billboards. Another way to make money, right? Everywhere you go, it's, you know. Listen, you and I we're just we're walking billboards for Christ, and He hates the power of Him in your life, and so He wants to diminish that as much as He possibly can by bringing just disdain and a reproach to you and to your name and to uh, the power of of Christ in you. So you walk circumspectly. You're, you're like a soldier in enemy territory. Who's the prince of power of the air? Satan. Who's right now? Like this, this kind of his dominion. That's all going to change at some point. Uh, but uh, right now, he's, he's ruling in a sense. He's reigning uh, down here upon this earth. So you're in enemy territory. Act like a soldier. Walk circumspectly. Uh, be cognizant. Be alert. 
Be sober because he wants to have you. Also, not only is there, I kind of alluded to this, is the enemy from without. You've, you've got to realize, uh, Paul tells us in Romans 7.21, I'll read it for you. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Have you ever wanted to do right and you tend to do wrong? Wow, oh, that kind of happened for me this week. Uh, Sarah and I, uh, we, were going on a, we were going on a date Friday night. And so Danielle was going to watch Blake. And so I got a text throughout the day. And Sarah said, hey, before you come home from work, why don't you, why don't you go to Lucky's and, you know, pick up some, some things where the kids can have a Sunday. You know, kind of like, hey, you know, mom and dad, they're gone. And so uh, for, for, for dinner and so they can have a Sunday. Well, I was, walking up to, I was walking up to Lucky's and there's these beautiful families that are out right now with like these tables. And they have all of these like super good cookies on them girl scout cookies right yeah and man a 20 dollar bill just found its way right out of my wallet and i bought four of those boxes now listen all the boxes did make it home praise the lord for that okay but you know and just uh, but you know it's just like man and so then we get home and my kids had had uh sundays and they had had those cookies i don't know why i brought them home but they were all open, you know, and they looked so good right there. And I was like, don't, Ryan, don't, Ryan, don't. I mean, I've even got Sarah saying, don't, Ryan, don't, Ryan. And you know what I did? I did. I did multiple times. And uh, then, you know, once you get off track, then you tell yourself, all right, well, it's Super Bowl weekend. You know, I'm going to have a bunch of people over to my house. By the way, you all are invited. If you are coming, let me know, please. Uh, we do need to know that. Uh, so I'm thinking, all right, well, Saturday. You know, I, I blew it on Friday night. Well, you know, Sunday, I mean... Uh, yeah, pizza. Yeah, yeah. So let's just blow it on Saturday too. You want to do well, and I'm just using, of course, of course, my diet. But that that's a reality. We'll look at a verse here in a moment. You know that I can't even keep that my body that I'm so desperately wanting to under you know un, under that control. Why? Because there's that also that enemy within. Paul is saying, hey, I want to do good, but there's also this evil with me. He says the things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do. I do. And so you and I, we've got to be aware of that. Let's stop just living life, just ho-hum. We'll just let another day go by. No, no, no. Let's be very intentional. I need to be very intentional when it comes to this. So if you're coming over to our house, everything's got to be healthy, okay? No, I'm just kidding. So as a good soldier of Christ, you must carefully guard your steps against temptation you and i we need to we need to prepare for them we need to avoid the positions of compromise that's why i said last week you've got to examine your life there's things that you struggle with that i don't and there's things that i struggle with that you don't and so you must evaluate your life be honest with yourselves let's quit playing games and let's be honest, and we figure out, all right, what are the positions in my life where I tend to then compromise? And then you should ask this question as David did, wherewithal shall young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Just like last week. Then, 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 then look, look at the word of God. Turn to Matthew 26, please. Matthew 26. Do you remember the New Testament when Jesus talked about being watchful? And praying, they were in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, verse 41, 
Look at there, Matthew 26, verse 21. These are his instructions to his disciples. He says, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That kind of goes back to Paul saying here, no, no, the spirit is willing. I want to do good, but there's this, there's this evil. There's the, the flesh. And you, you and I know what happened that night. What unfolded that night? A couple times, right? You can relate to that, right? Have you ever been reading your Bible and you are knocked out asleep? I'm sometimes terrified of that. You know, like I'm, I'm in my office and I'm like, you know, supposed to be doing something. I'm so scared when you all are going to come knock on my door, which my windows are already open anyways, and my head's like this. I no longer have a couch in my office for a, for a reason. I remember I used to have mics off. I think I so tempting sometimes. Oh, you know, just yeah, just go, just go lay over there. But I'll be honest. Sometimes I'm trying to pray. Sometimes I'm trying to read the word, and I'm. That's exactly what happened here. It's at night. I want you to watch and pray. Jesus knew what was happening. Jesus is all knowing, and he says, "I want you to. I want you to watch and pray." We know that they didn't. They all ended up abandoning Christ. Even the one that was ever so confident, Peter. Ah, I'll never do it, Lord. I am so thankful for the recording of Scripture. I'm telling you what, man, if it was man-written, all this stuff, all of these human failures would be erased out of it. Because that's what, that's what the world's doing today. Hey, let's take our oath of being under God out of the, you know, out of, you know, so help me God, all those different, let's take, let's take, let's take God completely out. Let's take out, let's take out human error. Nothing is wrong ever. There's, there's no clear lines anymore. But I'm thankful that God allowed the Word of God to record what went on there because I can honestly, I can resonate with those people. But so Jesus said, I want you to watch and pray. Praying that God will protect you from temptation and delivering you from evil cannot be divorced from a pursuit of personal holiness. God, you take care of it. Well, no, no, there needs to also be some steps on your part. That means you should never provide your flesh with an opportunity to tempt you. We've looked at that verse. And put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision of the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. If thoughts of sexual impurity are a struggle for you, beware of things that excite that lust. And uh, whether that, whatever that is. And so let, let's be careful with that. So you and I, let's watch and pray. Practical step there. Jesus told His disciples do that. Watch and pray. Be aware. Realize that you are a soldier in enemy territory. Let me give you another practical thought here. Train your mind. Train your mind. Turn to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. Train your mind. The battle against sin begins in the mind. the prime target of your enemy. What did Jesus in that whole when he's telling him to watch and pray if you were to look into Luke 22 you see kind of Luke's perspective and he tells Peter he says Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That word sift gives the idea of you know kind of the, the way you would sift for metal but it's, it's to agitate it, and where does he agitate us often? And how does he do it? He does it with lies. Those fiery darts. He just launches things into your mind. 
And the battlefield is your mind. The ammunition that he uses is always lies. And so when you and I understand that, we understand what the target is, we begin to realize, look at verse number 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We talked a little bit about this last week. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. So you and I, let's consider the alternative. You will either take sinful thoughts captive, or you will be taken captive by sinful thoughts. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. Uh, Paul says in Colossians, beware kind of that, be alert, be, be cautious, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. God has given you a sound mind. What did, what, what did Paul say? God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John Piper said this, develop mental habits that continually renew the mind in God-centeredness. Let me say that again. Develop mental habits that continually renew the mind in God-centeredness. Let me give you some verses to help you with that. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, if you're taking references down, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. Meditate. Meditate on things. That's why you go back to my very first point in this once we begin to kill the sin is that you and I, we, hey, let's meditate where we stand in Christ. Go back to the things of Christ. Go back to a God-centered way of thinking in our lives. Go back to it. Meditate on it. Colossians 3, set your affection on things above. Set your attention, your desires, your lust. We're going to talk about that more and more at 11 o'clock on what true repentance means. Because the Bible, Mark, I'm telling you, he doesn't pull any punches. He says, repent and believe the gospel. We're going to talk about what that means at 11. But you set those new desires. You set that new way of, that new way of thinking. You train your thinking on things above, not on things down here. Uh, below the year. Turn to Philippians 4, please. Philippians 4. Do not underestimate the power of a disciplined thought life. It is a powerful one. A disciplined thought life. I am a man, so I tend to go to the way men struggle and think of things. I realize that this is really across the board, but you can take two men and they can walk through a mall. Nothing wrong with a mall. You walk through a mall and one is able to just walk through there without going to places in his mind where he shouldn't. And another one is just following every little thing that goes by. You follow me? I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude. You understand what I mean? 
If that was inappropriate, please forgive me. Disciplined thought life. It's amazing what can happen. Do not underestimate that. Look at verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. It's funny how Paul says finally so many times. But finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Can I? I don't know if you still call this a pulpit, podium, whatever you want. Can I use it just really quick as like a little bit of a tiny bully? You're going to come to my house today. We're not going to watch every commercial at the Super Bowl. And I don't apologize for that. Because when you kind of start looking at things, not everything passes that test. And now the Holy Spirit is like totally like, hey, Ryan, you know, some of the, uh, uh, there's things that also that you would, would view other places that don't, that don't pass this test. But let's be cautious. Say, Ryan, are you judging me if I do? I won't even know if you do. So that's between you and the Lord. All right, I'm not trying to necessarily put a standard up there for you. But listen, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? If there be if there any good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So let me ask you a question. Do you constantly set your mind on those attributes of Christ? Every one of those is Christ. It's of Christ. Or do you base your mind set on earthly things? What occupies your mind? Train your mind. Okay, let me give you number three. <laughs> It's because we're having fun, right? Oh, you can confess that sin later. No, I'm just kidding. Teasing you, 100%. Discipline your body. I, I, I just confessed my sin about 10 minutes ago, so I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. Okay? Your fight against sin includes bodily discipline and gaining control, control over your physical realm. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, you'll find the importance Paul placed on bodily self-control is uh, it's unique. And he, he drew this analogy from an athletic game, like athletic games. Uh, they, would, uh, they would have Olympic-type events even in Bible days in Athens and places. And so he's, he's drawing a parallel with, with that. Look at verse number 25. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. So he's, he's taking your Christian life and he's paralleling that with maybe, and later he's talking about, about a boxer and a runner. But these Olympic games that they would have, he's saying those of us that are, that, that, that are striving for Christ, Christians that are trying to live a Christian life, verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air or a boxer, but I keep my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That's kind of that, that walking billboard concept. In other words, there's certain things that I... I do. I keep my body, I keep my mind under subjection so that I don't step out into areas and do and think and whatever that would ultimately cause me to lose my influence, become kind of a castaway in a sense. You don't lose your salvation, 
but just like that, eh, there's, no, there's no longer uh, influence there. Uh, there was a uh, man over the last, I don't know, probably uh, eight, nine, ten years, I don't know how long, that I used to love to read. And I still read a little bit, but Sarah and I were having a conversation about them. This man fell, uh, had an affair on his wife, and he had to step away from his church. He was a pastor and all that. And now he's uh, been uh, remarried, and uh, his wife is now beginning to write. And so Sarah and I, we were talking a couple Saturdays ago, and it's like, man, it's hard to, like, read what they're saying. Truth is still truth, okay? It it does not negate the truth. But there's this, like, "Uh, should I give this person influence over, you know, that kind of thing? That's what Paul's talking about here. Doesn't mean that you can't read someone like that. That's not what I'm saying, okay? But there was just, there's this tension of, uh, you know, should I give that person? He's saying, there's things, I'm going to keep my body under subjection. I'm going to control my mind so that way I do not become a, you know, non-effective for Christ. So he fought in the Christian life like a boxer. He ran like a marathon runner in his Christian life. He battled fatigue and frustration by pressing forward and keeping his eyes on the prize, he tells us in uh, Philippians 3. That he's going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul understood what was at stake, and he trained himself accordingly. So here's what I'm about to say to you. This is Ryan. Here's what I want to say to myself. Make your body your slave. Resist sinful impulses. Train yourself to say no. Now how do you say no, church? Uh, Christ gave you that ability last week. See how it all dovetails together? Right back to the gospel. The other includes, uh, or the, the, it often includes sleeping habits or uh, well eating habits. Uh, turn to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. Man. Turn quick, click, turn. Proverbs 6. I want to get through this. Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? You had a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. Proverbs 23, verse 2, And put a knife to thy throat, that thou be a man given to appetite. And these are, these are harsh words. You know, about just wanting to sleep all the time. Okay, we gotta gaining control over those areas is often key to other victories. Many sinful habits are sustained by muscle memory. So teach your eyes to look elsewhere, your feet to walk a different path, your hands to serve, your mouth to to praise. Examine where your body is involved and bring it into submission. Remember, you've already examined your life, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Here's areas that I, that I struggle with. Here's areas that you struggle with. You've examined your life. You've done the hard work. I can't do it for you, nor can you do it for me. And if you've done that, then see where your body's involved. Where is it that your feet are taking you to the wrong place? Where is it that, you know, all these different kinds of things. And then... Train your body. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to click there. No, I'm not going to, oh, see those beautiful families with those luscious cookies. Back to mine. 
See what I'm saying here? Train it. Train the body. Learn something new. I probably should have looked this up. I don't know how many days it takes, or if you're, if you're used to driving a certain way. Uh, the way that we come down to the church from our house has been under construction for, uh, Ron, you know this, for, I mean, like months. There have been so many times I've had to turn around because I can't remember that it's going to be closed at the end of the street. You know, and it adds like five, six minutes, and, you know, ugh, you know, right? We hate being late to anything. But it's, so at some, if, if I were to start going a different way, whatever, was it like 30 days? You have a new habit, right? Or something like that. Train your body. Don't just think it's okay. Fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. And then let me give you one last practical thing because we've got to finish here for today. And then I'm going to teach one more time on this idea and then we will uh, move on to a new study. Pursue Christ-centered relationships within the body. If you're going to prepare for war, you'd better find some good friends to fight alongside of you. Well, what kind of friends? Well, someone to warn you of impending danger. Hey, church, let's be friends. So let's, in love, always in, always in love, but someone that can warn someone of impending danger. Someone that can push you out of harm's way and remind you of the marching orders that God has given us. Turn to Hebrews 3 real quick. Hebrews 3. Verse 12. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Verse 13, Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So get some, get some friends. Be, be active about it. To have friends, you must show yourself by me. Get some friends. Get some, get some men. Get some women that are like, hey, you know, we're, we're in this battle together. We are sober-minded about this. We're not just like, da 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 through life. We actually are cognizant that we are fighting a real battle. Everything can't just be hook, line, and sinker for our lives. It's not all good. And then you yoke up and say, hey, let's go at this thing together together that's a powerful reminder that you and i do not fight this war alone we need each other god reminds us of numerous places romans 12 as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office they don't have all the same gifts and all of the same roles so we being many are one body in christ and everyone members of another what paul is saying here is he's talking about he's talking about the local body there okay the body of christ Galatians 2.1 says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let's be careful that when someone sins, we don't kick them when they're down. Sometimes we're really good at that. <laughs> well, I would have never done that. Paul says, be cautious of that. Because you could have the same issue. Verse 2 says, it says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Turn to Hebrews 10, last place we'll turn. Hebrews 10. Got to finish, got to finish. 
Hebrews 10. Look at verse number... Twenty-two. Ah, 19, 20, and 21 are so good, too. It's talking about your, your, your relationship in Christ, high priest in Him, straight, just gospel-rich. But look at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Notice it doesn't say for, for full assurance of faith. Sometimes we, sometimes we get that really, really mixed up. It's not for that. You don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't draw near to Him. Oh, so then you, all of a sudden you can feel saved. No, 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 no. It's, it, it, it's in full assurance of faith. You're just, you're, you're reality. Go back to point number five, or point number one. Remember who you are in Christ. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with a pure heart. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For He is faithful to promise. Connect back to Christ. He's the one that's faithful. Look at verse number 24. And let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to do good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So often verse 25 is used, you can't miss church. Here's what I want to tell you. We need other to provoke and to love and to good works we need to draw near to to one another why because we are in this battle together we ought to band together we ought not be always the fault finder sometimes we ought to be able to go up to somebody and say hey you know what i struggle with that too can we pray can you pray for me that i can get victory over this. Man, but sometimes, sometimes churches can be like this. Oh, I can't believe he would do that. I can't believe she would do that. I can't believe she would say that. Oh, man, I can't wait to preach at 11. I mean, just so much of this is going to totally dive or, or, or jive together. Together, together, together. So when we have opportunities, hey, let's not forsake it because we need it. We need one another. These are just a couple of practical ways uh, that we can help battling ourselves. And uh, let me give you a, let me give you one last quote, and I'll be done. Robert Moffat. He understood this concept. He served as a missionary in South Africa for more than half a century. And here's what he said: He said, "We all have eternity to celebrate our victories, but only one short hour before sunset in which to win them." Christ is coming. And so let's band together. Let's not be lone rangers in this thing. Band together, together, and let's fight on for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father.